This is an Emmaus Church podcast. For more information about Emmaus Church, please visit EmmausDenver.com. Good morning. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah, I'm gonna. I promise I won't yell at you, Josh. <laughs> Um, now I am a little bummed I didn't wear my Christmas onesie. This would have been like, I, uh, yeah, I should have. I repent of that. <laughs> next time, next time I'll, I'll come up with my onesie. Um, normally we would do some announcements and some scripture reading, um, dismiss our kiddos. Um, we're a little volunteer shy this morning because when you live in downtown Denver, uh, and Christmas happens, everyone goes out <laughs> to where they came from. <laughs> so uh, everyone that's left in town um, and thankful for some visitors coming this morning as well. So it's a, a joy to be able to uh, worship with everyone this morning. A couple just super quick announcements. Um, we're starting a series in January. So I guess like next week, um, where we're gonna talk through the whole story of the Bible in two sermons. Um, so yeah, whole story of the Bible and two sermons. So if you're not familiar with scripture, it's a good, it's a good overview. Um, yeah, I don't know how, you know, we, we had to, when we were, uh, we went and did SOMA school with this other organization, but uh, we did stuff with the story of the Bible and they, they made us say the story of the Bible in like 40 seconds, you know? So, uh, and then we've been sort of referencing uh, a slide uh, that's just got like six symbols. It's a really good like overview of like the grand story of the Bible. Um, so we'll, we'll, we didn't even mention that this morning. And then, so we're gonna talk about that in January and then we're gonna kind of talk about uh, as we look at this whole story, then as a church, how do we sort of fit into that story? Uh, what does that look like for us uh, and for our community as a whole? And then the ladies are gonna start the second Sunday, um, are gonna start a study in Proverbs um, they meet once a month. And if you're interested in that, holler at me. I get a few extra books for free. If you want one of those, let me know. Um, but second Sunday um, in January, and they're gonna meet uh, here right after the service. So it's, it's pretty easy to roll into that. You don't have to read the book for the, the, to, to be involved. Um, there'll be some like teaching and interaction and stuff. Um, but we are giving out the book as sort of like a supplementary thing. Um, so let me read our scripture reading. You can stay seated. Um, I feel like if pajamas are okay, we can, we can be seated for this Sunday's scripture reading. Um, so let me read Psalm 98, and then I'll pray, and then we'll jump into the last uh, uh, song in our, in our Advent series. So let me read Psalm 98. A psalm. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Amen. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Make a joyful noise before King, before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar, all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with iniquity. This is the word of the Lord. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your salvation, Lord. Um, you bring joy through your grace, through your mercy, through your presence, through your deeds. Lord, I pray that this morning through your spirit as we consider the song Joy to the World, that we would have a, a taste of that joy, that we would be able to look back and see what you've done in your salvation and say, joy to the world. But I thank you um, that that is not the whole story. Thank you that we also look forward. We look forward to a joy that's your presence filling this world, making all things new. Yes, Lord. Lord, vindicating your people and drawing us into your presence, Lord. So I pray as we consider this song this morning that we would uh, leave here singing and considering the joy that comes from you. In your name I pray, amen. So this, uh, the Advent series has been kind of fun for me because we've been talking about songs, uh, particular Christmas songs for four weeks now. Um, and so this is our, I think this will be our fifth. So it was the four and then, yeah. So this will be the fifth. So this is our fifth and final sort of like Christmas song. And we're taking some time to just sort of consider the theology of the carols. Um, and we, at the same time, we had an Advent guide and some of the groups kind of went through that. Some people use that um, uh, personally. We still have a couple left if someone wants to snag one of those. But it was, there was, it was fun to sort of spend five weeks just considering a song more deeply with the, with the idea, with the aim of having that draw us closer to the Lord. And then we kind of started the series with this, uh, with, with a verse in Ephesians that talks about being filled with the spirit, singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. Like this idea that the, to see the spirit operate in our hearts, to, to see him actually uh, display God's glory through the miraculous work of revealing the son, the result of that, for God's people is that we would sing. And so there's this, so, so song is sort of like an expression of the experience that we have of God, but it's, it's also another way we call it a means of grace. It's another way to ex, ex, experience more of God. So, and I think, you know, whether you're your favorite concert or whether it's a good Christmas song, most of us have been kind of caught up in a song at some point and you just get the feels, <laughs> you know? And I... Yeah, and, and all, some of us are maybe embarrassed to say like what that song is, uh, and I, I won't ask for anyone to, um, which that reminded me of, yeah, never mind. So, <laughs> um, but there, there's these songs that, that they say at the same time, it's just a wonderful gift from the Lord. He's given us words, he's spoken to us in his word, but the, the largest book of the Bible is the Psalms. It's like poetry that's meant to be communicated in song so that we could, both express the joy that we have from God and also experience more of that joy from him through that active expression, through that song, through that worship. And, and I, I, uh, the song we're gonna talk about, and I, I, this was kind of, I didn't know this when we were kind of going through it, but the, the song we're gonna talk about is from Isaac Watts. It's Joy to the World. And he was an interesting character. Isaac Watts actually wrote a logic textbook that was the standard textbook for logic for all the Ivy League schools for like 100 years. Like if you went to Harvard, period, you would have read Isaac Watts' logic book. I don't remember the full title of it, but he wrote, he wrote a logic book. 
He also wrote a children's book and he died around 1748. So just give you like a little historical place to, to put him in. He died 1748. So he, he wrote a children's book that was kind of popular. He wrote a logic book and he also did something that was really interesting. He decided to rewrite all the Psalms. And it reminds me of Eugene Peterson's uh, kind of the message, the idea that like you're trying to like communicate scripture in a way that's, that's sort of understandable for people of the day. And so he decided to rewrite all of the Psalms and Psalm 98 is his, joy to the world is his summary of Psalm 98 because he's trying to communicate some true things to us. And I like what he, he says this, it's like super old English um, where all the like S's are F's and stuff. Um, so I may, in his preface, the very first thing he says, I really appreciate this because I think it ties into how we started the series. He says, though the Psalms of David are a work of admirable and divine composure, though they contain the noblest sentiments of piety and, and breathe a most exalted spirit of devotion, yet when the best of Christians attempt to sing many of them in our common translations, that spirit of devotion vanishes and is lost. The psalm dies upon their lips and they feel scarce anything of the holy pleasure. So that's how he started his, his translation of the psalm, so to speak. And I like what he says. He, he says, uh, it, feel scarce any of the holy pleasure. And I think what he's saying is God has given us rhythm and rhyme and music so that we could have a sense of his glory and his beauty and his pleasure. And so he wrote, you can go online, you can, he, wrote, he rewrote every single Psalm. And apparently the only one that like got popular and stuck was joy to the world. And he even kind of explains how, how and why he re does words and things like that. So he's very particular on like, I'm translating this this way, I'm considering it this way. And I think one of the, one of, one of a good summary maybe of, of how he wants to translate the song is he's like, I want to look at where Israel was in the story and what they were thinking and how they would be expressing this. And I wanna communicate it to you, the church now, in, in where we're at in the story because more things have happened since the Psalms were written. So he's intentionally taking us from over here where, where Israel was in a very particular context and he's rewriting the song so that we could sort of understand and have this experience and have this song and have this, this joy or whatever the, the Psalm is that is sort of related to where, where we are at in the story. And so I thought I would just, uh, I think you got the next slide of the actual, this is sort of like our summary um, summary sort of overview of the story of the Bible. Um, and the symbols are not very important other than to just kind of help us remember the, the reality of creation, the fact that God created all things good. Everything was, was beautiful and he says it's very good and yet man rebelled. The, God's presence wasn't sufficient. His, his means to bring uh, creation and spread his glory throughout all of creation they rejected and they rebelled. So that's where we get the, the little X. And then God promises, this promise sort of expands from the very beginning of scripture all the way through the Old Testament. 
all of these promises, this is sort of where we're at in Psalm 98, where that's kind of where we're at in the story right before Jesus shows up. So we have all these promises, sort of the, the fall has happened. Things are broken. Things aren't the way they should be. And Psalm 98 sort of lands us in that part of the story. And I thought it would be good just for a second to maybe consider, I wanna hit, I kinda wanna focus on, on two aspects of, this, of the song, Joy to the World. And we're gonna talk about the, the dawning of the, of the reign of the king. Uh, we're, and we're gonna talk about the dawning of the return of the king, um, which uh, the title sounds familiar. Um, so, I, and I'm being, I'm being, uh, being very particular about the use of the, the dawning of these things because it's, it's, it's sort of in the mindset of it's always darkest before it's dawn. And I think when we understand the darkness that, we, that we're in, we understand the darkness in, in the grand story, that we see sort of the dawning of the rain and the dawning of the return as sort of these bright spots uh, in the story that help us maybe understand what's being said in the song, Joy to the World. So I am just gonna read a couple of verses here. And I, I want some audience participation. I thought this would be like a good Sunday for that. Um, when we have enough extroverts in the group so that everyone that is panicking right now, you don't have to talk. Uh, we'll be okay. Um, so we're thinking about where Israel is in the story. We're thinking about what God has been doing the whole time. And we haven't gotten here yet. We haven't got to redemption yet. And look at what the psalmist says. I want you to be thinking, what could they be talking about? What could Israel be talking about? Because remember, this is what Isaac Watts with the song is trying to put us in the story so that we can sort of understand what he means when he says joy to the world. But let's go back first and say, okay, where are they at in the story? Verse one, two, and three. I'll just read this section. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation. Like this has happened. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So what do you think? If Israel's singing this song, they're singing their joy to the world song with a harp and a lyre and whatever other instruments, trumpets that they have going on there. They're singing this song and they're remembering his salvation. What do you think they're remembering in the story? Yeah, the Exodus. We got two right here. That's kind of like a big deal part of the story, right? So, so, so if you are gonna sing and say, the Lord has worked salvation and kept his promise, you're looking back and you're saying, we were slaves. We, we didn't have a nation. We were, we were under Pharaoh's rule. And in a sense, they were even working to kill their children. And God remembered his promise and brought them out and, and, and gave them salvation. It kind of gets the sense of like joy to the world. <laughs> the Lord has come. We've been there for hundreds of years waiting for his salvation. And so now when I write a song, I can say, sing to the Lord a new song. We have something to celebrate. And so now as, as Isaac Watts tries to 
tries to get us into the story. He says in the song, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature sing. What can we look back at and say, this has already happened? What do you think? What can we look back at and say that this has already happened? Yeah, so it's on the thing too, so good. <laughs> and the, 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 it's intentional that these arrows are the same because we're in another part of the story now, but we still have promises that we're looking forward to. Yeah, the, the cross, what, what, is, we, what does that rescue us from? We weren't stuck in Egypt. Yeah, slavery to sin. Sin, Satan, and death. You know, those are kind of three things that we say. That's kind of where we're at in the story. So we can, we can say joy to the world. The Lord has come, let earth receive her king. And it's not just the cross. The cross is obviously very central to the story of the Bible. But Jesus didn't come just to suffer. He came to be risen from the dead. He came to reign. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen. We, we, uh, verse, Psalm 98, verse six says, with trumpets and the sound of a horn, make a joyful noise before the king, Yahweh. Yahweh, the Lord, our God is the king. And so now we're in the part of the story where we can say joy to the world. God has shown up. God is the king. And now God is sitting on the throne, ruling and reigning over all creation today. I like the idea of like, the Psalms were meant to be something that could be rhythmic and, and draw us to the Lord. And obviously this is what's inspired directly from the Lord. But he's, he's given us this and to translate that into sort of where we're at in the story today and say, joy to the world, the Lord has come. I think is a, is a wonderful reminder in that song of what has happened. So we can look back on what God has done. We, we should live in, in, in the part of the story where that has already happened. And I, thinking about that sort of practically, what does that mean then for us that God has done all those things? What does it mean for us then that we look back and see what God has done and, and we talk about how uh, a part of what God is doing in the world is he's forming us together through his story. He's using his story to communicate to us, to form us together as a community for the benefit of others. And so now that Jesus is sitting and reigning on his throne, uh, the, the nations, it says, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. We're here today worshiping, considering this song, considering Jesus, considering the gospel, drawing closer to the very real presence of God yes, on the other side of the world where there wouldn't even have been a temple to experience that because Jesus is sitting on his throne and has now poured out his spirit because God now dwells in us 
and not in a particular temple in a particular place, you and I today can say joy to the world, the whole world, everywhere, because we have the ability to experience God through the Holy Spirit, through the means of grace, through song, through the word, through the community. And at the same time, he's forming us all together. We don't use um, uh, these tools anymore, but in a sense, there's a a diverse group of people here because we have beaten our swords into plowshares. (laughs) And we're now a community that's been brought together and and have peace. That's something that the king is doing while he's sitting on his throne. This is the, the reality of the dawn of his reign. And I think about how dark, and I think we were reading in Zechariah, Bridget's reading plan, wherever it was. When they were in exile and they came back to build the temple, it was pretty lame. And they were still kind of under foreign rule for, all, for hundreds of years leading up to Jesus. So they didn't really even have like the, the idea of like the king in the, in the same sort of like presence of God that they would have been able to look back and see what God done in their past. So it got really dark for Israel. In a sense, it got really dark in the world, sort of in a spiritual sense before the dawn of the reign of Christ. And so we can sing joy to the world in light of that, that dawn now. But Isaac Watts, in his summary of those Psalms, he actually summarizes 96, 97, and 98. And the section we sing comes from, from 98. He says, I think these Psalms, as, we, as he reads through these Psalms, he's saying these Psalms are actually, re, are actually talking to us about both the dawn of the reign of Christ, but also the dawn of the return. There's, there's both things are sort of in view in, in those three Psalms. And so he is thinking about that when he writes this song. And in his, in his little commentary on the songs, on the Psalm that he writes the songs, man, that gets confusing. Um, he says that all of creation is rejoicing. Um, you know, in the song, it's rocks, hills, I don't remember. Oh, here we go. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. (laughs) He says, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. And you can kind of get a sense where he gets, he goes over and over and over all these different places because that's kind of what's coming out of the psalm. But he says, while, in the song, he says, repeat the sounding joy while God's creation is, 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 is declaring the glory of the Lord. Kind of while this is happening. And in his commentary, he says, this has to be before the final judgment. Because he quotes 2 Peter 3, 7, says, quote, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment. So for Isaac Watts, his perspective is that while creation is singing God's glory, it isn't burned up yet. So this is what's going on in his mind is he's saying it's not just the reign of Christ that we can celebrate and that we can be thankful for and that this dawn has, has occurred. 
saying the, the broken creation today is, is yet to be destroyed and a new creation come about. And there's some nuance in how those things are restored or how things are, those things are recreated or new created. But, but for Isaac Watts, he's saying, well, if, this, if the hills and the trees and the grass is proclaiming with joy what God is doing, then the final judgment hasn't come. He's saying that the final judgment hasn't come. So he says, wow, fields and floods, rocks and hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. He kind of slips that in there because he's looking forward to the dawn of the return. He's looking forward to the dawn of the return. And so I think about, um, let's go back in the story a little bit because I want us to consider just the idea of the darkness for a second. And, And so if I'm Israel... Before Christ's reign, and, I'm, and I'm, I, I can look back at Exodus and say, hey, we're, we can worship, we can sing praises, we can thank the Lord for what he did in taking us out of Egypt. What's the, what's the darkness? This is, I, I would like, I, what, what do you think? What do you think is the, the darkness that Israel would be experiencing? The difficulty. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, they, 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 were, they, they said the Lord is the king, but in a very real sense, that's not how they experience life day to day. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, we know from, we're looking ahead in the story, when Jesus shows up, we know that they had a lot of things very wrong. And Jesus calls that out. But I think that's even connected to the idea of the, think about, think about how they had to like, just go, like even if they're, take some of that aside, the misinterpretations, think about what they had to do to have their sins forgiven. Like blood was shed on the regs. Like, I mean, I, just, you can't, I can't even like put myself into that situation. Like, I don't know what that, I, you know, I think, Cole maybe, because he was on a farm. Um, But yeah, the only time I've seen an animal die is when I like ugly cried with my cat and it was very peaceful and there was no blood. Um, But they were slitting throats, burning sacrifices. Like that, that in a sense, that was a day-to-day reminder of the brokenness of sin. And Hebrews tells us a day-to-day reminder that true forgiveness could not be obtained through killing of animals. And that was a dark place to be. They had hope in God's promises. They could look forward and say that he will restore us. He promises his his hesed, his everlasting love is committed to us. So they had hope in his promises, but they had some dark things that they had to deal with as they look forward to that promise being fulfilled in Christ. As they look forward to the, the sacrifice that would end all sacrifices. And, and I think about the temple, another thing, how, they couldn't even approach God, really. They couldn't approach the throne of grace like we can approach the throne of grace. They could do the washings, it was, it was race specific, it was gender specific. There was a lot of rules and like how they approached God. And even if you were a Levite, 
male that could approach God in the Holy of Holies. You could do that once a year on a rotating basis. So if you're the lucky guy after a ton of different things, they couldn't just approach God in the same way. It was good and right and true. We know that because that's how God designed it. But it's different. The, the promises in Isaiah about being able to, to know, everyone will know God from the least to the greatest, that's Joel. Um, these promises they could look forward to, but those were only things in the future. Those weren't things that they could experience today. So now, as we jump forward in the story, the, the dawn of the rain has, 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 has happened. We can say joy to the world. We can, we, uh, uh, the wonders of his love is a, is a refrain that we repeat in the song because we can look back on what Jesus has done. He has rescued us not from Egypt or from our sin. He's, oh, he's torn the curtain. So now it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what gender you are. Everyone can approach God in the same wonderful way as he spreads his glory throughout all of creation but we're still looking forward to the dawn of the return. So how do we suffer in the darkness as we look forward to those promises? How do we suffer? Where's my extroverts at? Yeah, there's elements of our life and our world that could care less about the dawning of the reign of Christ. And that adds friction. That's not, no one enjoys that. There's, there's not, I mean, you don't have to like look very hard online to see that in the world, there's not a lot of unity. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's dark in a real tangible way. And been, I think even for people in our community, it's been really hard over the last six months or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we talk about, uh, uh, Jen Wilkins says the power, the presence, and the, what's the other P? Penalty of sin. The penalty of sin has been taken on the cross. And in a very real sense, even the power of sin over us is defeated by Christ sitting on the throne. So the spirit enables us to be transformed. But in, in a real way though, it is present. It is here. We still feel it. We still know it. We still deal with it. And that's dark. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, um, you know, Paul says that the creation is groaning, which goes a little bit against the picture in the joy to the world. Um, but <laughs> you know, depending on what angle you come out of that, um, it, the creation does definitely declare the glory of God. Scripture tells us that. But creation also groans under the curse. It's not restored. That tornado that happened, that's dark. And, and we're looking forward to the dawn of his return. Where, where those things will be gone. Like, just like the, the Israelite who could read of the promises of having daily, regular access to God, but he couldn't experience that yet. 
And when, when Christ comes, when he's sitting on the throne, when he pours out his spirit, now you and I can actually, that's why Jesus said, Abraham longed to see my day. They, they were in darkness longing to see the reign of Christ, the dawn of the reign of Christ. And now we long to see the return. We long to see the return. And think about how that psalm or that song will be sung when that happens. Joy to the world. That'll be amazing. Like we don't even have a category for that. Any more than Israel had a category for what you and I get to experience with God today. When it's my, it, 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 we're in this weird position and this has come up in Advent and probably will come up in Advent until, Advent until he returns <laughs> because the Advent is just a fancy Latin word for coming. And he has come. So today, you and I, when we sing joy to the world, the king has come, let heaven and nature sing. We can live in light of the rain that has dawned. We can live in light of that reality. We can know that our sins are forgiven. We can know that we can approach God whenever. We can know that he is forming us to be a light for those around us. We can, we can know that and be confident in that. And while we're still in darkness and we sing songs like joy to the world, we know that's not all the way done. We know that we can sing this while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Someday all those fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains will be created new. And we look forward to that day when we're not in darkness at all and we're in the light of the glory of God himself. Amen. And we can sing joy to the world. Isaac Watts has been up in heaven for a while. He might have a new version for us. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> That's gonna be a wonderful day, amen? <laughs> yeah, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've given us just the example of your people in the Old Testament. And you've told your story in a, in a wonderful way that we can, we can relate to. We, can, we, we know what it's like to long for the dawning of your return. But in, in a very amazing way, we don't relate because you are on your throne. You are changing us, you are forming us, you are making a, us a light to the world around us, Lord. We have confidence in that. We thank you for that, Lord. You, you are so good. Help us remember that. Help us hear some Christmas songs and not get stressed about the holiday season, but think of you and your presence and what you are accomplishing in your son. In your name I pray, amen.